Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my vlog, where it is both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you specific takeaway. All that way, your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before I fully dive into everything, I would love to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that we get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, let's get into this. Um, lots of ups and downs last week um, overall, and not kind of back and forth, but, uh, you know, more so just kind of coming off of a whirlwind of, of just stuff. And finally, you know, towards the end of the week, started writing that ship. And I'll talk about, uh, you know, the specifics of that and strategies of that. But let's start with this um, notion, you know, at the start of the week, I sort of made this declaration with one of my friends. I was like, do you ever just get the feeling that you're living in a parody? And the reason I said this was because there was a couple of instances where I had, you know, said something and gotten it confirmed or asked questions regarding um, a task or a project and gotten certain answers. And, you know, based on those answers, it, it allowed me to or it uh, dictated what I would do as far as the steps and action items, right? Only to then like basically have it be completely negated and be like, okay, actually we want this. And it's like, that's completely opposite of everything. And the hours that have been put into this, like it, it just, the house of cards falls apart. And you know, it's not that it wasn't doable. Um, it's just that, again, now this is unaccounted for and stuff like that. And, you know, the hilarious part of it is because where it all kind of like, for me, the hilarity stems from is I ask questions um, whenever I work on a project. Um, so that way I can, because, I, you know, I mean, that's my part of why I'm being brought onto a project um, or a task or whatever is because I have, you know, certain expertise and I bring that to the table. Why wouldn't I? That's what you want from me. And so when I ask questions, it's not to be annoying. It's certainly to be helpful and make sure that I fulfill my obligations and responsibilities and expectations uh, for whatever it is. You know, and then the irony when so that don't worry, you know, don't worry about it, or like you know that you're coming off annoying. And you're like, okay, but you know, I mean, when when we get to that point, you know, I just want to like this, just make it clear that you know we won't be able to do this if you know blah blah, or like the idea when someone says, hey, uh, just straight up, don't worry about it. Well, don't worry about it means I don't have to do it, except I do. Therefore, I do have to worry about it, and you know, it'll fall on me to have to do it. Therefore, there's a lot of worry because especially if I don't have the resources around me to do so. And, you know, what I was talking with um, one of my friends who's been both my movie, Sarah Stratton. I was like, you know, I, I get that um, people could probably say the same thing for the way I operate, except the difference is with the movies that I create, I know that, you know, if there's any shortcuts or whatever, like, 
I'm the one ultimately, when I tell someone else to not worry about something, it's because I know they don't actually have to worry about it because it falls on me to do it and I will do it and I do do it, right? And so in that regard, I, you know, to me, I'd like to think at least that is a key difference is that I know very well the work involved and I know, also know that I'm going to be the one primarily doing the work uh, of that, you know, if I do take certain shortcuts, whatever the case may be. So, you know, and I think in the past, you know, um, I would have been a lot more amenable to certain things. And part of that is, you know, I, I was trying to prove myself. I think we all kind of fall into that. Um you know, in our early days. And also, you know, we have this, not only that hunger, but more of that freedom to be able to do that and whatnot. Now I'm at a stage in my life where, um, yeah, there, there's a lot going on. And so uh, I need to avoid the avoidables. And so that's why I ask questions. And I think certain people aren't used to that from me. And so it's an adjustment period for them. But I think, you know, part of my growth is to, you know, unfortunately be have to be steadfast of like, like even if it comes down to the last minute, like if I don't have all the answers I need, um, then it's like, you know what, I can't, I can't be a part of this because I can't deliver because I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't know what you want, right? Just plain and simple. And so kind of, you know, call it a boundary, call it a holding of the line sort of thing, you know, but it does come from that place of like, hey, listen, the reason I'm asking these questions, you know, I'm not asking, uh, hey, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? Like it's legitimate, pertinent information to the task at hand for me to be able to, you know, do my job correctly. So, yeah, you know, I think it, it, it's, it's that um, sort of adjustment period. And, you know, um, as always, people either accept that or they don't, you know, um, and if they don't, you know, there's plenty of people, you kind of, you kind of grow into things. And, you know, I was talking with someone yesterday, this is kind of tangentially related to everything, but, you know, um, there's this young artist I was talking to, and, you know, he was saying how, you know, he's from San Francisco, and a lot of his buddies kind of had the whole aim of, you know, making it and so forth. And, you know, some of them have kind of fallen off the wagon, so to speak. And, you know, how, you know, it's sad. And I was like, listen, you know, that's just a moment in time. It doesn't mean like that you you need to abandon them. Like I get it, focus on you and do what you need to do. Um, but don't like, you don't need to cut them out of your life, so to speak. Like by having that sort of success, you can show them that it's doable and be an inspiration to them and, you know, invite them back in and, and so forth, right? Like, it's not this binary thing of leaving people behind um, ever. And, and so in that same regard, you know, as I talk about, you know, there's certain people as I kind of enter this newer phase of, you know, stuff that I've got going on. Yeah, you know, certain people um, that aren't ready to step up into this fold, it's like, again, I don't, I don't begrudge them. And if anything, it's like, you know, hey, you too can do this. And here's how, you know. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of an overall arching idea of this. Now, 
the other thing that I was also kind of thinking about is, um, you know, people really do reveal themselves through actions. And I say this because, you know, um, there was a couple of people last week that were trying to be helpful, you know, um, and, and you could tell that they meant it. But ultimately, when push came to shove, you know, it's like in a story, the final climactic moment reveals the biggest truth of who a person really is. And I had a few moments like that last week, and it was kind of eye-opening, you know? And it's not to say, like, okay, uh, now I'm, like, okay, going out for revenge or anything like that. But, you know, sometimes when you get into this sort of place, um, you know, it's it's like the idea, a dog barks, a fish swims, and, and, you know, you just kind of have to learn people's mode of operating and if you fight against that then you're fighting against reality and therefore you will suffer and so in that sense once people will reveal themselves through action it's like okay cool noted and you act accordingly plain and simple you know and i think that's from a storytelling perspective um i think that's something important to note also for your life. Um, but yeah, from a, from a storytelling perspective, that um, I was thinking about it too because um, a lot of times people, you know, obviously, rightfully so, strive to make three-dimensional characters. But no one really knows what that means. You know, no one's like, for the most part, right? Like there's not really a good definition from it. Um, in the zeitgeist of, you know, whether authors, screenwriters, filmmakers, and so forth. But the best definition I have heard, and it comes from Robert McKee, is that uh, three-dimensional characters come from contradiction. You know, we say one thing, but do another sort of thing. That's what rounds out a character, because as humans, we are all full of contradiction. Um... And so, yeah, you know, that can be useful for your art as well as in real life. So that that's kind of a takeaway of mine from last week. And yeah, you know, I mean, as I said, it was sort of an adjustment period um, last week of just kind of processing a lot of this information as I was being fed it, fed it. And that's why, like, it was, you know, parody, as I said, you know, um, where someone says, hey, we're not going to do this one thing. And you're like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, hey, we're actually not going to do this one thing. It's like, okay, this has to be a parody because this is uh, there's no other way to sort of process it. Um, and I think that's key, you know. Um, you know, it's like in, in, in certain moments where you're frustrated, you can get angry and vengeful and so forth, but that's something I'm trying to veer away from and you know, for me, instead, it was like, all right, all I can do is sort of laugh about this because, my God, right? Um, so, yeah. Another sort of, you know, kind of shifting gears a little bit. Um, last week, uh, I was going through and cleaning out some stuff, and it was interesting. You know, I have this, like, drawer full of birthday cards and holiday cards and just all kinds of cards, right, that people have gifted me over the years. And 
you know, in the same spirit of Blade Runner, you know, there's a quote at the end, you know, all these memories will um, fade like tears and rain. Um, paraphrasing, but I think that's pretty close. Um, and yeah, it was interesting to kind of look back on like years and years of cards and all of these are really fleeting moments, you know, and to it, it was a nice reminder of enjoy every moment, you know, be present because they come and go. Um, and also, yeah, just have an appreciation for the, the people that do manage to stay in your life. And even the ones that, you know, come and go, you can have a respect that's like, wow, this, you know, for however brief a period of time, they did have an impact on my life and vice versa. So I don't know, there's just, I, I just enjoy moments of, of that because, you know, it makes you, makes you sort of feel your place in the universe, as it were, you know, where we're all just this speck of dust and, and just, you know, in the grand scheme of, you know, the world, we're here and we're gone just like that. Um, and for us, you know, all the things that we deal with feel so important and, you know, we get so caught up in it, we get stressed and so forth. And certainly, you know, I was dealing with that last week and that's why I think this moment was so needed because it was the counter opposite to that. It allowed me to reflect upon like, yeah, you know what? All of this is so temporary. It comes and goes and it's really not a big deal. And as I talked about in last week's episode of the vlog, it, it really is, okay, how do you turn this experience into something purposeful? And, you know, the big theme of last week was turning any pain into purpose. So that way you never have to experience it to the best of your abilities or, you know, other people don't have to experience it, right? Otherwise, you know, you, you just allow yourself to become a victim and that's not helping you and it's not helping anybody else. And so reading these cards kind of put me in that mind space of, you know what, you know, there's a way through this um, and, you know, there's action steps, right? And through this sort of just not an exercise, but activity, let's say, um, it reminded me of the idea that we vastly overestimate what we can achieve in, let's say, a week, but highly underestimate what we can do in a single year. And now you can, you know, plug and play any sort of time span into that. But it's true. It really is. You know, uh, we, we overestimate what we can do in a day, but underestimate what we can do in a week. You know, we overestimate what we can do in a year, but underestimate what we can do in a decade. Like, all those apply. You can plug and play anything you want. And it really is the case. And, you know, part of looking back on all those memories, those cards, it allowed me to see sort of my own progression in life. And when I look back at just the past four years, I'm like, wow, I've completed two feature films. I put out a nonfiction book and managed to revise it. I, you know, uh, put out my first fiction book and working and working on a second and working on a third film. And I've gained so much on top of everything else, you know, working with other friends who are doing amazing projects and being able to support them um, while maintaining my actual work schedule and things of that nature, right? So, 
you know, and being a good friend or to the best of my abilities and so forth, right? So it's, it's all these things that, you know, um, and it can feel overwhelming in the moment and you feel like you're, you're not living up to your highest potential or like you're dropping the ball on so many things, but with the benefit of hindsight, you look back at it and you're like, wow, actually that's not the case at all. And, you know, the thing of it is I look back on it and it's just consistency over time. Now, part of it also, when it comes to like, let's say my nonfiction book and my fiction book, you know, those were started a little bit earlier, you know, so it wasn't like just created within those four years. Um, but still, you know, um, it all sort of counts and yeah, it's just, just, uh, putting in a little time, you know, not even necessarily every day, but consistently week to week. So that way you, you will see the results over time and you will be amazed, you know, you just kind of have to stick to it. Now, you know, the unfortunate side is, um, as I was kind of thinking about it, you know, for some reason, I remember when I talked to that, uh, that I know, in talking about 2023, it's like everyone just feels tired. You know, they're just so fatigued. You know, I don't know a lot of people that got breaks over the holiday season or just in general. Um, work seems to be ramping up more and more. And, you know, I think there also needs to be an allowance of rest. You know, so when I talk about consistency, part of the way you can be consistent is you just have to have some grace with yourself and, and rest every now and then. Part of, you know, last week, was for me a bit of a recovery period, you know, once I got what I needed to get done, I made sure to focus on taking stuff off my plate, you know, that wasn't absolutely necessary. So that way, yeah, I could just sort of recover and, you know, and it's a luxury that I know uh, even just my friends don't have, certainly other people don't have, but um, I don't know, there's this like, I don't know, call it something in the water or whatever, but everyone's just sort of exhausted and, and I feel for that, you know? Um, which is why for me, I was like, okay, you know, let me let me do an extended period of therapy this week um, because if I'm to have any positive effect on anyone else, um, you know, I need to be in a place where I'm good, right? And so that's what I did, you know? And part of the big sort of hang up for me um, was like, I felt like I was slipping into, you know, past versions of myself because of the external circumstances. And so we worked on that and it was good. And as I said, like the idea, you know, whoever you're trying to help in life, like, being directly there in the trenches emotionally with somebody is not going to benefit them. You know, like if a person is distraught and crying their eyes out, what they really need is someone to have that objective viewpoint and to help guide them out of that darkness, you know? So, you know, physically you could be there with them, but, but emotionally, no. And so that's kind of what you know, I, I knew for me, I was like, okay, I didn't, 
I didn't like overall of like that sense that I was feeling within myself of, you know, just the emotions. I was like, okay, I need, and I can work my way out of it overall, you know, but, but part of that is also knowing that there's external tools to me that I can, I can utilize and therapy is certainly a major, major component of that. And so I was like, let's go. And I'm so glad I did, you know, because it really helped reset me. And now I know I can also, you know, be there for others in a way that like, you know, because now I'm no longer tired in that way. Like I'm, I'm back, you know, so to speak. And that's what the crux of, you know, a lot of stuff that I teach, you know, it's the talent and the skill, as I say, it's out there. You, anyone can really learn it, but without the foundation of true master, of mastering mental fortitude, you know, life just throws so much shit at you and it's just going to veer you off the path so easily if we don't have those tools to be able to deal with that stuff. So yeah, that's why I'm a big advocate of, of all that. And hence why I call myself 360 creative coach. It's combining, you know, the skills and the practicality along with the personal development. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, before I continue into kind of the next um, things that I want to talk about, I would like to say that, um, you know, if you appreciate what I do and want to support me, there is my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Basically, um, it's like a monthly subscription um, and you get behind the scenes access of things that I'm working on. And also more so there's uh, direct interaction, right? So of course you can comment and hit me up on social media and interact with me that way. But through Patreon specifically, we can have monthly Q and A's and things of that nature. And right now, um, literally there's, there's just one tier. So it's the same price for everybody. Everyone gets all the same. There's not like, you know, $5 tier, $10 tier, $20. Like it's all the same for everybody. Um, and you know, everyone gets the same access because that just felt right to me. And yeah, I have an um, upcoming upcoming uh, Q&A in January. So, you know, you can still sign up for the Patreon and, and be a part of that. So if you would like, and also, you know, separate of the Patreon, I just wanted to say I do appreciate um, just all the interaction I get to have with you and everybody else because it's it's wonderful. And by popular demand, um, I am uh, this week going to be releasing a tutorial, an extended tutorial of how I quote unquote create my rotoscope animation, um, you know, movies, you know, it's, it's a technique. And so uh, if that's something of interest, like, um, you know, those that know it, you know, they're going to be excited by this because they've been asking for it for a while. Um, but, but yeah, if, if that's not your jam, if then, you know, you can skip it altogether. Right. And that's the, I, one of the things I do appreciate in general. Um, and I know like from the content community side of it, I get a lot of flack of like, wait, why don't you hone in on something very specific? And like, that's your lane. And I'm like, well, I have a 360 approach and, um, you know, there's so much that I know I can teach in all various areas. Um, 
And so, you know, not every episode, not every lesson or episode is going to be for everybody. Um, so you got, you get to kind of pick and choose what you want to apply for yourself. What is of benefit? And, you know, I see that as a feature, not a bug. So, yeah. All right. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about last week, um, I was with my friend, Jeff Graham, and we watched Banshees of Inner Sharon. It was my second time watching. It was his first and it was joy. And one of the things we were talking about is, you know, story and how to write good story um, because, you know, one of the things that he was noting that I, you know, recognized heavily throughout my life is that a lot of filmmakers focus on the technical aspects, which is nothing wrong with that. But like, you know, I think we overemphasize camera choice and, you know, yada, yada, yada on a, on a shit story when you're much better off with like just basic camera work and stuff like that, but telling a really incredible story. And, you know, that got me thinking because for me, whenever I reflect back upon my filmmaking, whatever lessons that I'm learning from those experiences, I always draw back to, okay, how does it elevate stories that I want to tell in the future? And I think that's the important filter for any storyteller, right? You can apply it to filmmaking, but you can also apply it to, you know, writers and musicians and so forth. Like how, how, you know, whatever the thing that you're learning, you know, whether it be marketing or, you know, some sort of software, yada, 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 you know, process, doesn't matter, you know, how does it ultimately help elevate what it is that you're creating? Because when we talk about a foundation, right, you know, at the end of the day, you, you can you can market something, you know, to all the people that you want, um, but the conversion really has to stick because it resonates with people and it resonates because, you know, the story is good. And I use story as a catch-all term because in music, you know, it's, it's, you know, the lyrics and the beat and stuff like that, right? You know, poetry, it's your words. Um, you know, this could apply to painting, um, which is your canvas, you know, the end, that sort of end product. Um, you know, so whatever, whatever discipline and whatever sort of techniques that you're learning, you know, um, use that sort of metaphor of filtering it. Like, how does this make the story better? Because that, that should be your intention, in my opinion, right? And it certainly served me well. Uh, and, can, you know, I know that resonated with Jeff Graham when we were talking about it. So, yeah, just food for thought, if nothing else. The other thing I was thinking about is also, you know, I see on Twitter, um, you know, the writing community there specifically, both authors, um, but but more specifically, screenwriters. You know, I see a lot of screenwriters write a lot of spec scripts and yada, yada, yada. And that's all well and good. Uh, but I thought about it. I was like, you know what? Every script I've written is always a spec script and also not. And what I mean by that is a, a spec script is a script that you write that's uncommissioned. 
but you try to then get it onto the marketplace and you know sell it and all that, right? And eventually, hopefully, it gets made. And so, yes, of course, it would be nice for any script that I write to have that journey, right? That 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 it, that would be an amazing goal. And I work towards that with each script. But if it doesn't happen, I still have every intention of seeing it through all the way, which is to make the movie. You know, with a script, a script is just kind of a blueprint. It's not a finished product like a book. And so for me, yeah, every every script that I've written, I've found a way to make it. And part of that, you know, has been to convert when I needed to into a, a novel instead, you know, and tell a, tell a story in a different medium. You know, that's also worked. Uh, but also, yeah, other times I'm like, no, I, okay, I know how to make this movie, so let's go for it. And I've made two feature films or, you know, sometimes they've been short films, whatever, in the past and all that. Um, and I think that's kind of a missing component because... You know, I mean, that that really sort of separates you um, from everybody else, you know, actually going to make the movie. Um, and you learn so much from bringing a script to life in that way. Um, so many, so many incredible lessons, right? So when we talk about elevating the story, you know, actually going out and making the movie allows you to see very much... And sometimes, very painstakingly, the pitfalls of the script <laughs> that you thought was so polished, so perfect, and all of a sudden, you know, all the problems reveal themselves. You know, plot holes and, uh, you know, inconsistencies and yada, 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 right? Um, and also, too, I mean, just in general, my big thing that I've kind of solidified is the idea that true networking really comes from being able to showcase work, the whole idea of like going out and getting drinks and so forth. Like, I, I don't know. I've, I've never had results with that. I don't know many people that have like it really, cause at the end of the day, it's like, okay, send me your stuff or whatever. Like it's the work that sells you, you know, and having something to show, not that like a script isn't something to be able to show, but it's all, you know, for me, it's all the more impressive of seeing it through and being like, oh, wow, you, you, made, you made this. Not only did you write something, you went out and you did it. So, yeah. For whatever that's worth. Um, that's how I approach the things that I work on. Okay, shifting gears. It's been interesting. I, I, you know, last week I put out an episode about my thoughts on AI and it was a quick episode. So it's not like, you know, everything I could ever say about AI or everything I've ever thought about AI, but just kind of like a nice primer of readjusting certain perspectives that I hadn't seen. And now kind of, it's interesting to see, um, you know, more and more discussion about artificial intelligence um, in that way. And, you know, it, it, I was talking with a friend of mine and just in general, we also talk about like photography. Back in the day, photography wasn't considered art because people looked at it like, well, you're just, 
you, you're just capturing something that's there. Like, how's that artistic? You're not creating anything. It's just, it's just there. And of course, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, that's completely false because there's composition, there's how you light it, you know, there's the framing of it, um, the, the various techniques, you know, and, and in fact, you know, all, all the things that people had to do manually now we put into digital tools of Photoshop and, and into the cameras themselves of ISO and yada, 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 yeah, right? Um, so very much we look at photography as an art form. And right now people aren't looking at, for the most part, artificial intelligence as, as an art form. And it really is. I mean, I use MidJourney as a tool and there's very much an art form to be able to type in a command and get the desired outcome, right? Because when you can, all, all AI, all of this stuff are tools, right? Um, same as anything else, really. And those who know how to harness these tools will benefit, right? And that's what I'm doing. And so, you know, it's not like I'm this expert on mid-journey or, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's the AI tool I've most used, um, but even so, like, I would not claim to be an expert on it, but I am starting to sort of find my way through it and see, again, what prompts yield what results. And I study other other people's, you know, works and things like that so I can benefit from there. And, you know, I'm kind of collectively learning. And that's what's been so interesting. So, I don't know, I just think it's a false view to say that AI isn't, it can't be an artistic expression of something, Right. Um, so I would very much push back against that. All right. Um, creatively, the thing that like really fueled my fire this week was I had a meeting with um, my my collaborators, John Comerford and Sarah Stretton, about, um, about this story that we're de- developing. And before the end of, the, of last year, I had sent them a revised outline. And, you know, now we talked about the outline and it was, it was great on a number of levels. Number one, you could sense that in general, we were talking about it more meaningfully on a micro level versus a macro level. So meaning there were vast improvements from the first draft that they had received of this outline to now. Now, of course, you know, there are inherent flaws um, and undercurrents that, you know, need to be fixed, but we, we could, you know, we had a two hour Zoom session and we're able to kind of go through various points. And, you know, as I always knew, you know, things were pretty tight up until like, you know, the last 10% of the movie. But we, you know, through everything else, we kind of were able to strengthen things. And then we had a good, really long discussion about the possibilities of of the ending and obviously that will just by its nature alter things that came before it and that that's certainly okay like you want that um but it was it was just great like it, it, it you know it's it's it, it was a ironically a longer meeting than last time you know last time was about 90 minutes this one was two hours but it felt yeah, like a, a lot of progress had been made and, you know, now we're furthering those possibilities. Like we're not, 
We're not chasing opportunities. Now we're fine tuning, okay, what's really here and how do we elevate it to its maximum potential? And that was exciting, right? It, it really was. And you know, the way now a big kind of component of it, there's this lore behind, um, you know, there's, there's a mythology in there. And while we've always had sort of broad strokes of it, um, and as I kind of like joked about in, in certain instances, like this right here is just a placeholder of like, you know, something cool. Like you would write in a, in a, in something like something cool happens here, right? Eventually you have to like fill in the blank for like what that cool happening is. And so for me, you know, it's, it's that sort of history of, uh, of this, not the world, but like a certain aspect of, of this and, you know, it's, it's really time to bring that to fruition because that will clarify everything else. And, you know, some may argue, well, I should have done that from the get-go. But, you know, for me, I always like to, like, whatever keeps momentum and and in that way. And so, you know, certain aspects of the story, it was like, okay, this is, you know, in my mind, I, I know, like, how this should progress, blah, blah, blah. And now we're at this stage of like, okay, now it's time to answer this one. Cool. So we're going to focus on that. In fact, what I'm going to do this week is just, um, I, I'm making it my mission, like like Lord of the Rings, right? The movies, they have, the um, at the start of it, movie one, they have this like seven minute prologue of the one ring. So orients audiences who've never read the books and so forth, it gives them everything that they would need to know to acclimate them into this world. And so... I'm sort of mentally looking at it like that of like, okay, time to write my prologue. Not that my movie will have a prologue in that way, but, you know, just, just in and of its own right, like, what is that um, prologue that I can share with John and Sarah that we know then, okay, how it reverberates within the actual story and that will make um, certain decisions clear of what's possible and what contradicts that right so and, and it's something like when we talk about confident storytelling right the idea that when you are watching a movie when you're reading a book even if you don't necessarily quite understand what is happening let's say you know that you're in the hands of a master craftsman a craftsperson rather and that that it will make sense or there's a reason behind it, right? And so that's sort of what we're working on essentially is, you know, we have these ideas, these threads, and some of them were like, well, it would have just been cool to have. And, you know, some of them might outright contradict what we're trying to achieve. Others, you know, would work they just need a little bit more justification and so forth so it's kind of that blending and that's why yeah like rather than just work on any more of the outline i've, I've got great notes for that i, I I'll, I'll know what to do with those notes when the time comes but nothing moves forward without this backstory and you know so i'm really excited to tackle that and it's a very sort of singular task and like giving myself a week to do it it's like okay cool yeah that that seems both very doable and very exciting. So I'm um, looking forward to that. 
And the other aspect of this, I will share more thoughts on this as just a standalone episode. Uh, but you know, this this whole project is intended to be an NFT project. And you know, I've been talking with more and more people in the space, and this coming week I will have more meetings. But it's it's really exciting because people understand the vision and they're also pointing me to various examples there's and they're also saying like storytelling within the nft space is really successful and you can do a lot with that and so even just this idea of the lore that i need to create well it's like i can draw that out and that can be part of an nft collection or you know there's this other aspect that, you know, yes, the whole idea is you're creating a community around a project, but having like different factions within it. And, you know, within my world, there's different regions and yada, yada, yada. So that can like form these various communities of interaction and just really strengthen the storytelling where it adds so many extra layers where the movie is still very much standalone, but you know, the people that would like to explore like the full underpinnings of all of it, it'll be available to them. And that to me is exciting um, from a creative standpoint, right? Like really creating something, you know, quite literally a universe across different mediums. That's, that's amazing. So I'm excited for that um, to, to, you know, progress that. And obviously it's going to be a very long journey, anything meaningful, like a movie in itself, like especially this movie, usually my movies take me about like a year to year and a half from start to completion, meaning, you know, script writing to filming to, you know, the final product. This, just by the nature of it, of both the story, how we want to do it, you know, it's probably going to be a two-year process. And that's just for the movie. So, you know, all this other stuff that gets weaved into it, um, you know, it's sort of like buckle up sort of thing. It's it's going to be a lot, but it's exciting, you know. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, also this week I will be getting back into writing. So I'm, I'm doing some revisions for my second nonfiction book, which is about filmmaking. And I'm going to be also getting back into writing uh, my second novel. And it's going to be interesting because it, it actually does deal with a lot of artificial intelligence. more You know, more than that, but that's a big component of it. And, you know, this is an, an idea that I've been, like, developing and having for a number of years at this point. And it's interesting because now, just in the past six months, AI has completely changed and, you know, it will change and so much. So it's like part of the exercise, you know, is looking to what is outdated and what can stand as an overall principle versus just a trend of, like, that way, no matter when I finish the book it will still resonate and stand the test of time rather than like being a snapshot, right? That's that's the overall goal. So that's what I'm looking forward to this coming week. Um, as a fun thing, you know what? I've never thought of this. It's, it's, it's funny that I haven't, but you know, um, comment down below with what you're excited creatively for this week. I think that would be fun to share and you know try to uplift each other. So do that. Um, thank you so much. I truly do appreciate you and hope to see you next time.